Welcome to a new episode of Last Week at Enzyme, a short and crisp view at what we worked on over the last few days. Sit back and don't forget to subscribe. Hi, this is Leonard reporting from beautiful Texas today, where it is still, surprise, very, very warm. It is the end of October now. Uh, it's almost November, and I just came back from the East Coast where it was raining and I think like 55 degrees or something. And I'm back here and it's 95 degrees and really, 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 really warm. Uh, I cannot wait for the winter. But today I'm here uh, because I want to give you an update on what has been happening at Enzyme over the last few days. Uh, we've been very busy. The big thing we're working on right now is Wi-Fi, the authentication analysis and detection. And I don't want to go too deep into why the authentication frames can be a problem. You'll find a lot of good stuff if you Google it. In short, those frames allow anyone to kick devices off Wi-Fi networks and force them to reconnect. Those are unencrypted and they're really, really easy to spoof, like a lot of the Wi-Fi management frames out there. That forced reconnect is a pretty big part of many Wi-Fi attack scenarios, so you definitely want to know what's going on with regards to those kind of frames in your environment. The deauthentication frames are the most popular, but there are also disassociation frames, which have virtually the same effect. That's why going forward, we here at Enzyme are calling everything related to those two frame types simply disconnection activity. Um, that will always include either the authentication or disassociation frames. And uh, the analysis section of Enzyme will always allow you to filter in between those. But to keep it simple, whenever we mean both, we talk about disconnection activity. And in the code, you'll sometimes see the shorthand version of that. And it's just called disco. But as a normal user of Enzyme, um, you will probably simply only see the word disassociation, deauthentication, or Disconnection, if we mean if we mean both. Two things with regard to that functionality are already working. A new global disconnection page that shows you a ton of information about all disconnection type frames that were recorded. That shows you how many were recorded, uh, who sent those frames to whom. Gives you a lot of that meta information to give you an overview of what's going on in your environment. The other really big thing is alerting for your monitored networks, where you can now configure a anomaly detection method to trigger alerts and actions when Enzyme sees an unusual number of disconnection frames. And that is always in relation to your monitored network. So the existing functionality that's already there, where you can configure your monitored network. So let's say um, I have a network called company so-and-so corporate, and I expect it to be broadcasted on these access points with the following settings on the following channels. There's a new section in this now, which is for disconnection frames and for disconnection activity. And this means that it will not care about other people's networks and you can really fine tune your detection parameters. There's currently only one anomaly detection method, and that one is technically not any fancy sort of anomaly detection at all, but really just a manually configured threshold that you configure. The real anomaly detection algorithms, and 
real, I mean, what's real anomaly detection, right? We we try to find anomalous amounts of those frames out there. And I think in many, many use cases, a manually configured threshold can absolutely satisfy that. It might, in some cases, or in many cases, honestly, even produce less false positives than some of those anomaly detection um, algorithms that are out there. However, in many situations, those real anomaly detection algorithms can make a ton of sense. And so in the next few days that is one of the next things that we're working on. Uh, and in the next few days, uh, the first anomaly detection real algorithm will follow for that as well. There are some screenshots of that already on Twitter and Mastodon and even LinkedIn, and there's more to come in that direction. A cool thing is that we'll be able to use that new anomaly detection infrastructure that we're building now for other data as well. So I can totally see this um, for beacon rate anomalies, right? Because the rogue access point will almost always influence that metric and it has a very very high number of frames and it should be fairly kind of or it should not be very seasonal is what i would say that should be a fairly i'm going to use the word easy now and whenever i use the word easy i'm often proven wrong later when we actually start to work on it but it could be easy to detect uh, when it comes to anomalies. So we have that underlying anomaly detection infrastructure now, and I'm really looking forward to use more and more of that across parts of the enzyme infrastructure. And when I say anomaly detector, I want to be very clear, this is statistics. Um, this is not any sort of AI or ML or anything like that, that, that maybe someone would want to slap on that. It is pretty... I think, well-proven statistics algorithms that we're using. And I hope that those can provide some real value and not just kind of allow someone to slap a word on a product or something. So the goal here is, as always, to actually produce some value for the people who use Enzyme. And now next up for the disconnection features are two things. Number one is analysis. So making it possible to actually respond to disconnection activity alerts and find out what is deauthenticating what, right? What's going on? Is this really unusual? Is this something I need to look into? What is trying to maybe execute what sort of attack? or what devices might be targeted here internally in my network. That is the first really big thing. Some of that's already there, but there's definitely a lot of room to fill still. And then the second thing, this is my dog in the background. I have sworn that I will not re-record podcasts or these little episodes when the dog is barking in the background. So someone's walking in the front yard, probably. Uh, the second thing is uh, detection based on signal strength, because we know what range of signal strength to expect from an access point, right? We we have a baseline of that and we have the uh, the signal tracks of that. And that so far seems to work really, really well. So if a disconnection frame is being received from something that pretends to be that access point, but does not have the same signal track and signal characteristics, um, we can be pretty certain that something's going on here. So we'll use more and more of these physical attributes of the signals and of the signals that we are receiving. And that will that will allow us to build some detection that is really, really, really hard to circumvent, I hope. Another big topic we're working on is related to SSID parsing. As a reminder, SSIDs are the names of your wireless networks. And some SSIDs out there contain null bytes. And the entire enzyme stack is pretty good at dealing with that and, and has been historically, including other things like UTF-8, where, yes, if you want to, you can totally use emojis in your SSIDs. That will work pretty well across 
pretty much all the devices that I've, I've tested it with so far. But the problem is Postgres does not deal very well with null bytes at all. It does work really well with UTF-8, but null bytes really tend to make a trip over. So we are changing the way we store SSIDs from an internal string representation to just the bytes. So we kind of keep the bytes as we receive them. And then we later on deeper in the stack, we handle the reading and the displaying of those bytes. So of the SSIDs within Enzyme. That gives us maximum flexibility and that allows us to have different representations of different things, like for example, a null byte, right? We don't just want to print that or attempt to print that or just leave it out or make it a white space or something. We want to be very clear that there's a null byte in there. That means that we'll be able to store those SSIDs with null bytes in it, which we currently don't, to be very clear. And that's of course a big issue. But most importantly, we'll be able to build detections based on the usage of null bytes because there are some really interesting things that you can do if you use those null bytes and if you look at how other stacks, your phone, your laptop, everything that connects to Wi-Fi and that gives you a list of SSIDs, how that deals with those null bytes. So there are potentially some things that we can detect because this could there, there could be some security issues in that for sure when it comes to trying to lure people into connecting to a rogue access point, for example. And we'll discuss those in one of the next episodes when this work has moved forward a little more. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Some people asked about the next alpha release. Um, and I think it's safe to say that it will come out once the disconnection frame functionality is done. That is a huge feature. We want to give that into the hands of people as quickly as possible. I would say give it maybe two more weeks or so. Um, and I think then we can then we can expect the next alpha release. And so that's going to be, I think the topic is, is really going to be the disconnection frame functionality and then everything else that has been done since then as well. And I think in one of the next episodes, we're also going to look at what else is going to be in that as well as what's going to come next because there's at least one really large feature that I'm personally super excited about when it comes to locating um, wireless threat actors. I think that's going to be really, really cool. So I am looking forward to that. And that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please always, always, always get involved in our Discord or on Mastodon or on Twitter. There are so many channels out there. There's GitHub. There's a bunch of ways to get in contact with us. We love to have these discussions also in public, but there's also ways to reach out to us in private. So we're looking forward to hearing from you and we'll see you very soon.